Creative Coaching Podcast, where we bring together coaches, athletes, former athletes, leaders, and influencers. Everyone has a story, and my hope is that when you listen to their stories, you will be inspired and live your life to tell your story one day. Today's guest is Gannon Baker. Coach Baker is one of the top player training and development coaches in the world. He's also a mentor and an anointed coach. We talked to him today about coaching in the truth, to educate through confrontation, to break a player's habits but not his heart, and to find ways to motivate yourself to do what you do every day. Hope you enjoy this podcast and live to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, it's great. Great to be on, man. Great things happen in the morning. And yeah. uh, Mike, you sound, like, you sound like you've been up for a while, man. So yes, I sir. love go-getter. Yes, sir. No, I, you know, I, I took a position at the school I'm at now as an assistant principal. So it's just a different grind now for me. The athletic director, head basketball coach, all that as well. But, you know, now it's a different grind. And, and I, you know, the clock starts ticking much sooner now. And it ends later yeah. now, too. But it, it definitely yeah. keeps me going. So here again, Coach, I appreciate your time, man. I really do. Uh, it's something that I, I value time because there's there's enough of it, uh, but sometimes there's not. And uh, so I, I just appreciate that. So, Coach, I just want to start off the West, start off every episode in that. Uh, how were you introduced to the game of basketball? Uh, through my dad. You know, he was a high school uh, teacher and a coach. And, and like you later – Later on, became a principal. So he, uh, you know, he had, like everybody nowadays, they have their pickup games that they play yeah. on Sundays. And, uh, you know, he would take me to the gym. It was Phoebus High School, home of the famous uh, Boo Williams. Yeah. And uh, in Hampton, Virginia. And that, that's how I got introduced, man, seeing him play, seeing him watch it. He was a high school all-state player, college uh, four-year starter. To play Division Two at a school called Randolph Macon, who uh, Mike Rhodes at VCU, uh, you know, used to coach Randolph Macon for years. But yeah. back then, it was a guy named Paul Webb, and and that's how that's how I got introduced to the round ball. Man, it's changed my life. It's changed my family's life. It's a gift from God. Definitely, man. I mean, uh, I, I go back to that quote of Michael Jordan's dad on on I think it was a Come Fly Up or something. He said, you know. The way God made Michael, if it wasn't for basketball, he'd starve to death. And and I still and I feel that way kind of in, in, in my own life. Like if it wasn't for basketball and uh, teaching the game and being able to impact people's lives, I just don't know what else I'd be doing. And so yeah, basketball's been good to me as well, Coach. So here again, I I, I want to talk about kind of the game and how you played it and what your experience was was like in that. So. You know, you talk about your dad having an influence on you. So throughout your playing career, coach in college and at the pro level, was there any one coach that kind of influenced you to go into coaching during that time? Um, you know, that's a great question. Uh, I, I, I know, I, you know, I don't know if people understand this, but I, I'm anointed to coach. Wow, that's which good. Mean, which means which mean God gave me a special gift. Yeah. Uh, whether I'm a good person or bad person, he, you know, whether we're good people or bad people, he gives us all gifts. Yeah. And there's a purpose. There, you know, we're made for something. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you hear the term, I think Gatorade now has a great slogan, you know, we're built for this. Yeah. Well, I was built for coaching. There's no doubt about it. I tried to get out of it by continuing to play. And it just kept coming, kept coming. But, I think when I was uh, 12 years old at Paul Webb's basketball camp, there was a guy named Austin Lehman. And Austin Lehman was a ball-handling, dribbling, workout guy. He would come to camp. He'd lecture you about working hard, getting to the next level. He was sponsored by Pro Keds. His oh, wow. brother did the same thing, was a camp lecturer, went around the world, lectured to camps, got paid. Obviously, that was their summer job. They were teachers and maybe – middle school coaches during the year at, in New Jersey. But Austin and, and George Lehman, you know, were my first uh, experience about, number one, this is how you work 
out on your own if you want to be a great player. This is the attitude. This is the eye of the tiger. Like their whole stick when they came for an hour blew my mind. I'll never forget, you know, 12 years old, uh, Old Dominion University, hot gym, 400 campers. I'm sitting in the front row thinking, man, these, these white these white men are tough. Like, yeah. And I grew up in an all-black area, all-black high school, yeah. you know, so I got bullied a lot. Nothing, nothing to do with racism. I think I just, it just, it, if you're different, you're going to get bullied yeah, and um, you can't stop bullying. You just have to have coping strategies and problem solving strategies. I love what everybody's doing with bullying, but you're never going to stop it. But you teach players, uh, you teach kids how to fight, yeah. you know, how to fight the good fight, how to fight peacefully, how to fight past, how to stand up for themselves. Yeah. But um, you have to, um, you know, you have to be able to fight. And so watching George, uh, excuse me, watching Austin, it, it was just amazing how he taught. Like he was a coach. He was coaching us. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was, so I would say, man, when I finished playing, I'd love to do what he did. But as a player, he, he changed my life in an hour. And as a coach, wow. um, I never forgot that. I think if you believe in God or, or if you believe you have a, a purpose from the universe, which we all do, um, you can change somebody's life in an hour. You can change somebody's yeah. life in a day. You can change somebody's life with a book. You can change somebody's life with a word. You can change somebody's life when you walk into that room. If you don't believe that, you're severely undervaluing the, the power and the spirit within in you as a coach. Yeah. And that's, that's what a coach does. He, he changes lives. He takes people's minds and bodies and takes them to a place where they've never been uh, respectfully, positively. So, that was the first experience as as an influencer that that, that Austin Lehman, you know, lecture. And then um, six years later, it was five star. I went to five star as a player. Yeah. Um, and then at 18, uh, it was a summer job for me. I was already up in Pittsburgh playing at Duquesne University. And so I, I would make, you know, 150 bucks and meals and a roof over my head to go learn how to teach. And at five star was a basketball camp back then. It's kind of similar to. I guess right now the only true teaching camps out there are uh, Snow Valley, yeah. uh, PGC, Point Guard College. Yeah. Mike, I can't remember. You know, I, I can't think of any others out there that no, are really I can't true. Yeah. Uh, I'm a walking camp, but you know, I'm a one-man show. But Five Star was a collection of all the best players in the world yeah. in the United States. You know, um, Michael Jordan went there, Patrick Ewing went there, Chris Mullen went there. Christian Lake, you know, all these great players when, when I was there, Grand Hill and I were on the same team as a wow. player, Travis Best, Adrian Autry, um, God Sham God, like all these players, uh, Danny Hurley, Bobby Hurley, like, um, and so you play against the best in front of college coaches and you got coached by some of the best high school and college coaches in the country because back then college coaches could coach uh, camp, it was legal. Yeah. Why the NCAA changed the rules, I have no idea. But the NCAA could have and should still have the power to change summer basketball by putting, you know, teaching institutions uh, everywhere around the country and, and allow great teachers and influencers and leaders to coach these high school kids. But that's what Five Star was. It started in the 60s. I think it ended around the 2008, you know, 9, 10 uh, uh, era. And then, uh, you know, guys like Rick Pitino influenced me. He would he would actually work for the week. Hubie yeah. Brown would work for the week. A guy named Bob Hill would work for the week. Jerry Wainwright, who I ended up playing for in college for a year, worked you know worked for the week. Uh, Pete Strickland, who I ended up coaching with in college at Coastal Carolina for two years, he recruited me at VMI and at Old Dominion when I transferred from Duquesne. He would work for the week. Um, a guy named Ed Hall, who's right down the road from me. In, in Florida would work for the week. And all these guys would mentor you and you'd eat lunch with them and you'd have chalk talk with them. And, wow. you know, um, Morgan Wooten would, I mean, it's just wow. un unreal, the basketball figurehead that would come speak and then actually mentor you, you know, Stan yeah. Van Gundy. It, it was amazing. And um, Howard Garfinkel ran it all. Yeah, so, you know, you know I, Howard gave me a, uh, a lecture at 18 and in front of the whole camp and afterwards i got a standing ovation and all i did was austin lehman i showed guys how you work out and i did my left hand shooting right hand shooting jump rope and push-ups ball handling all this and i had some 
some words to say. And Howard Garfield will never. He said, "Man, Gannon, you'd be a great coach one day." Wow. And it, it was at the time. It was in Radford because they had a session in Radford, Virginia, right outside the Deadman Center. The lecture was outside. <laughs> Go figure. And yeah. uh, and so I, you know, so the rest of my life, I was like, well, I'm prepared to coach after I finish playing, but I'm gonna try to play as long as I can. So yeah. And I would say Austin Lehman and, and the whole environment of Five Star yeah. uh, really, really influenced me. Yeah, Five Star's legendary coach. I mean, I always, you know, coming up. Uh, seeing, you know, what went on there. You know, I think back, like, what you're talking, every, your experience is everything that I thought it would be. Uh, you know, guys like Chuck Daly, I, I always kind of wanted, you know, with him and the bad boys. And I heard, you know, hey, he he goes to these camps as well. You know, Huey Brown, guys that I really, really look up to because of their, their kind of old school attitude, uh, just really, really kind of navigate or gravitated towards that. But I want to talk about something you said, Coach, because I think it's very pertinent and important. You talked about being anointed to coach. Uh, I know there's a lot of guys that are appointed, and there's <laughs> there's a big difference. And, <laughs> and and I feel like in my life, I, f- I fall in the same category. Is you know, I, I my belief system leads me to believe that I hear God's voice and I move. Uh, there's certain things I have control over and there's other things I give him control over and there's other things that he just controls. And so, uh, you know, you talk about your, your interaction with hard Howard Garfinkel and how he, he gave you a word, word of knowledge and woke you up and, and kind of showed you that you were anointed. Such a great experience, coach. I really appreciate you sharing that because that's, uh, you know, that's, that's big time. It really is. So, uh, you yeah. know, here again. Yeah, and I want, I want to follow up what you said with that. I think God sends people into your life. Like, God yeah. speaks through people. I'm I'm not one that, like Moses, heard audibly God. I don't think I've ever heard God's voice audibly. But, yeah. you know, there, there, there are God winks. There are uh, divine intervention moments yeah. where you have to take advantage of that opportunity that God's putting in front of you or it may never come again. So you have yeah. to you know, stay in the word. You have to stay in his presence. You have to be self-aware. That's one thing that I'm constantly on players about, even pros in workouts is being aware, being present. I asked uh, Ray Allen, uh, cause Ray and I've spent about five days together in Europe training uh, the best 17, 18 year old Europeans uh, for a Jordan event. And we got, I got to spend a lot of time with Ray. I said, Ray, what's a give me a piece of advice for working with players. He's like, get them to be present, get them to be available, get them to be aware of their physical, mental, spiritual, emotional self. And that's deep. That's easy to say, hard to do. Yeah, no, coach. I mean, you're, you're talking about when I think about uh, working with the young people and player development, I think about it holistically in the sense that I'm thinking about here again, your emotional, your physical, your, your, your mental, uh, you know, all those things play play into it because you can't you can't function properly with a deficiency in any of those the way you're the way you should or the way you're called to or your full potential. I like how Dave Meltzer puts it. You know, it's a, a you know the consistent, persistent pursuit of your potential. Yeah. And and like you talked about being where you're at, uh, being being present. That's so big for all of us coaches too. Is like. Sometimes we're looking ahead to the next thing uh, because that's our job is, you know, here comes the next game, here comes the next scout, here comes whatever. And uh, and I think sometimes when we get caught up in that, we can't really have gratitude for the moment and the situation we're in because some of us, we don't, we, we, we're here and we've been too familiarized with it. And we got to kind of break that cycle of, of being too familiar and, uh, you know, take it as a blessing every day to do what we do, so. Yeah, Coach, I, I really appreciate you saying that and sharing that story, uh, you know, about where Ray Allen kind of dropped a nugget, uh, and, and that's great. So, Coach, when you think about the players that you've worked with and, you know, you, there's been some big names. I mean, you just go through your website and the who's who of basketball, you're there with them. And uh, so what was the biggest challenge you faced when you first, you know, started training guys and it was a professional who was already a successful guy and you felt like maybe – what do, what, do, what do I bring to the table? What was that like? You know, how, how did you kind of get through that challenge? You know, it, it, when you work with uh, people that in reality have more money than you. Yeah. When you work with 
players that are more popular than you. When you work with uh, players that, you know, as a basketball person are more successful than you, you, you know, I, as a player, I wanted to play in the NBA. Yeah. I wasn't good enough. I got, you know, I had a little shot with the Denver Nuggets, got cut. Wasn't good enough. That's exactly what Jeff Blazelic said when he cut me from the Nuggets in that rookie camp in 2002. Hey, man, love your spirit, but you're just not good enough. Like, they, yeah. like I wish more middle school, <laughs> you know, JV, AAU coaches would tell kids that. Like, you're just not good enough. Yeah. But, again, I'm, that's another another conversation <laughs> yeah, dude. so with all that it, it you, you know it starts attacking your ego you start for a little bit getting a little bit nervous like man this guy is ha, has all the boxes checked like you know why does he need me he's he's more successful at basketball than me but then yo you're a coach he's a player he's got his role you got your role yeah whether he asked you to train him or whether Nike put you with him, you have an opportunity to change his life. Yeah. And I never forget what I read in the Mark Twain uh, literature, you know, the truth fears no question. So if you're teaching the truth, yeah. So if you're doing the best you can, you're working hard in that moment. Right. And he sees that that's a buy-in for him. So if you work hard and you're sweating, and you're working your tail off for that player. I don't care if they're LeBron James or, you know, Lila Smith. They're going to respect that. Yeah. And so what I had was I had the ability to not only show Kyrie Irving or tell Kyrie Irving, hey, here's how you set up your man for an on-ball. I could do it physically with the basketball. Yeah. And I could, you know, dribble as fast or do it as effective as him. Yeah. When I was showing Amari Stoudemire, you know, this is how you shoot a runner or a, you know, one foot hook across the midline after you face up. I I could make three in a row. Yeah. Right. My my body fat was ten. Or right now it's about eleven, but back then my body fat was was less than ten percent when I was training Tyson Chandler. So I had a presence. So if you have a presence physically and emotionally with these guys, and you exude truth physically and emotionally it's called a swag it's called charisma it's called moxie then these guys are going to buy in yeah and then you know your words have to have weight they have to be impactful if they're the, the words are truth they can't say f you yeah yeah you know and and it's not forget you like if pros don't <laughs> like you or don't like it's not don't it's not yeah. forget you <laughs> or fun you i think you're in the, so my whole thing was yeah. if they're going to say F me, then they better educate me. Okay. Wow. You, you don't, you, you think that's wrong. Okay. Well then tell me what, what the right thing, tell yeah. me the right thing. And everything that I gave them, uh, if it was debatable, I would say, Hey, this is not wrong. What you're doing is right. But man, try this. Yeah. So it was always a way to empower them, not control them. Like today's player, you got to meet them where they're at. Yeah. You got to empower them. You got to give them uh, ownership. You can't control them. You know, there's a spirit of control and fear and racism, not only um, in the United States, but uh, in other countries too. I'm spending a lot of time in China. I have a business there. Yeah. And there's a spirit of fear and control. So you can't, you know, control everything with pros. You have to give them the truth, show them what they're doing wrong. Give them the solution, and if it's debatable, say, "Hey, that's not wrong. You like that? That's good. But let's try this." And then you you pick. So your words have to, you know, have some descriptive clarity, and and be dead on if you want them to. So that's a buy-in. Yeah. And so the combination of all of that, I focused on that, and not again. He's NBA player. He's successful. No, he might be successful. But can he make, can he, can he execute this drill? I, I stayed in the moment and all the extracurricular shiny objects, the byproducts of what comes with an NBA superstar, I really didn't focus on. I just focused on the moment and coaching in the truth. That's great stuff, Coach. Uh, you're, you're dropping huge bombs on us, and I think that's, uh, you know, for guys that may be looking at maybe transition from coaching 
to training at full time or, or kind of making that their 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 thing at some point. Uh, you know, I always believe in, like you said, about being truthful, about telling the middle school kid, about telling the JV kid the truth. And why? Because it helps them to grow. And I think that's what we want for players is growth. Uh, nobody ever grows by just getting patted on the back. Your ego grows, your cockiness grows, your arrogance grows, but not necessarily your work ethic and your grit and your moxie like you talked about. Uh, you know, you talked about having a presence. Uh, that's big because a lot of players already have in their mind, if they're good and they know they're good, they feel they know they have a presence and or they think they do sometimes and they walk in with that presence. So like you said, meet them where they are. I really, you know, the truth fears no question, man. That's deep. Yeah. That's deep because it, you know, if you walk in truth and you walk in love, man, you you're good with people all day long. I I I feel like that that's really what you're talking about. Yeah, and Mike, let me let me follow up with a couple of things that that you said. You know, when you transition from a coach to a skill trainer, so you're in charge of player development. Don't don't get me wrong or twisted. You don't have to have every personality or every uh st style uh of of connecting that i do like for me i'm, I'm huge into being in shape i'm yeah. huge into uh you know a, a good teacher uh says a great teacher shows like i'm big into showing and i'm big into showing at a high level i love to walk the walk and talk the talk but there are many many player development coaches that aren't in shape yeah. Many player development coaches that don't even pick up a ball to teach. And they are wonderful. They are great. Some of them I know that are in the NBA that, you know, probably couldn't run a 50-yard a, a sprint right now without falling over. However, however, their mind is so sharp. Their presence, right, is yeah. their teaching ability. How they phrase words. How they analyze the drills. Their vision, their eyes, their connectedness, and their their intelligence, their EQ, their IQ, like so. Because I, I mean, I'm 47, and it's getting harder and harder for me to physically get ready for that workout and and, and do what I've been doing since I've been teaching as an 18 year old. Yeah, uh, I get it. Some guys get hurt, blow ACL. Phil Jackson had to coach his few last years from a from a chair. You can still do that. All I'm telling young coaches is, man, have a have a rhythm of coaching that you're comfortable with and that's authentic. There's yeah. many ways to connect, and a lot of players don't like player coach. I mean, a lot of players would would rather enjoy a coach that is not as high energy and not as hands on and not, you know. So there's many ways to reach players, and then when you talk about the truth. The reason why you, you should always try to teach what is correct and teach what is right, therefore do as much research as you can, keep studying, adding you know, coaching tools in your toolbox. But if you know what you're teaching is right and it's effective and it's, and it's what is needed on both ends of the game, then you don't have to have a resume. You don't have to have uh, uh, a proof of concept of where you coach. I don't care if you're a elementary coach you know that only has three years of coaching if you say something or have a drill or have a an ato which is an after time out play or if you give me something or give a player something that's absolutely correct then there's your confidence you should not be afraid of confrontation and there it is like there's so many coaches and leaders out there that aren't getting the best from their troops, their students, their players, their followers, is because they're so afraid of confrontation. And confrontation, they're afraid of uh, the confrontation exposing them for, for their weaknesses. Yeah. And if you teach in the truth, if you coach in the truth, your, your weaknesses don't show up. If you coach in the truth, it's nice to have a resume and, and, and experience. But there's your confidence. There's your swag. Yeah. And the more you show truth, the bigger your resume will continue to be because the truth sets people free and people want right. to learn and grow and fall in love with work. It's amazing how workouts are fun that are free. 
that empower the the player. Hey, man, what what do you want to listen to today? Oh, coach, thanks for letting me play my playlist during the workout. Hey, what's the next drill you want to work on? You tell me how many you want to make. Like, it's 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 a it's a democracy, man. There's there's got to be yeah. reciprocity and a partnership in workouts, and that that's a different style of coaching than 20 years ago. I wasn't coached like that. Yeah, you know. In practice, first thing, get on the line. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like we weren't it was we were it was a communist, man. We were yeah. <laughs> we were soldiers. Now yeah, we won yeah. a state championship, right? My senior year runner up. I had thirty one division one offers. It worked, but you know, I would I would I would rather play for a guy like me that would add a little bit of charisma, a little bit of fun, a little yeah. bit of ownership, a little bit of creativity. Um you know, I would rather have a coach give me some of that than say, do this, do that. If you don't do this, you're coming out. Like, yeah. you know, how are you going to pull kids in a game? In a game, I see coaches, all, how are you going to pull kids for one mistake? Yeah. yeah. They don't do that in the pros unless it's fourth quarter or matchup. But any young coach out there coaching grassroots, give a kid two to three mistakes, then pull them. Fourth quarter, yeah. I get. Last five minutes, I get. But don't don't pull a kid after two or three mistakes you can't play like that no you can play like that so, <laughs> you're, yeah you're, I, I apologize no no nah, nah, man up. you know as a i've been a high school coach for going on 17 18 years now and i've never done that because i looked on my peers and saw them doing that and i heard kids complain you know i make one mistake he takes me out and i'm thinking man you must really think these kids are pros to just come off the bench and just start lining it up and, and getting right. in the flow of a game. And so I hear what you're saying, Coach. One thing I do want to kind of go back to is you talked about confrontation. Uh, you know, I think that's huge because guys don't want to lose kids uh, for whatever reason. They don't want to offend them and then have them leave the program. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the type that I don't look for confrontation, but I sure as heck don't shy away from it. And sometimes it's necessary. It's a necessary part of the game that, you know, when you're trying to develop players, if you don't give a hoot about them, then, yeah, you're never going to say nothing. I mean, what did our coaches tell us? The day I stop talking to you, that means I don't care. If I keep telling you, that means I care. Uh, you know, that's how I was coached, you know. Like you talked about going right. back to the to kind of the dictatorship. I think the, the, the generations that – that was for us. That generation, we needed those that type of coaching, I guess. And what we have liked the other, you know, kind of, like you said, more charismatic – yeah, I think we would have had a better experience, maybe even met our potential much sooner. But, you know, it was what it was. And I think as coaches are listening right now to kind of get that into their head, like, look, kind of let go and, uh, of some of the paradigms you have or shift them uh, into really understanding who you're coaching and take the time to, to dive into that because uh, it means a lot for their development overall, not just the basketball part of it. So, Coach, uh, what part? Hey Mike, yes, let, not, not to interrupt you, but let me get, let me give these young coaches a, a couple practical solutions when they confront a player. Yes, sir. You know, num number one, if you confront a play player, you better be get, educating them. Yeah. Right. Don't don't yell at them. Educate them. If you, you know, if you see a bad habit, of course, break it. Whether it's an emotionally bad habit with body language, or it's a, a mental bad habit with they're saying negative words or the wrong play or physical bad. Right, focus on the habit, but don't break the kid's heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're going to yell at them, make sure your words sound passionate, not destructive. Uh, a lot of times when I'm really, really upset, I'll get right into the player's grill. Like, But I'll go to them and then hug them or touch them or put my arm around them or give them five, give them, you know, positive leaders talk and touch. Yeah. And so when I'm confronting a player, uh, I do it with a smile. I do it with a laugh. I meet them where they're at. I might throw them a Jay-Z Jay uh, lyric. <laughs> hey, man, keep your head up. You know, like CBS, keep one eye open. Yeah. You know, uh, Nipsey Russell, come on, man, you got to grind. Grinding yeah. all my life. I've been grinding you know, something, <laughs> man, but you got to yeah. be, yeah. you know, you got to be charismatic. Throw in a story or a parable like Jesus would when he would try to confront. Yeah. But you do it out of love. You do it with humor. You challenge them. But it's not about you using your title to put fear in them and say, hey, I said this. You, you didn't do it. Coaches, don't take it. 
freaking personal, man. It's, it's not personal. Yeah. These kids want to learn. These kids in my business will pay you to learn. Wow. Right? They'll, yeah. they'll pay to learn. Yeah. These kids want to be successful. They will give you credit and put you on their social media. But you have to focus on the person. Coach the person, right? Yeah. Emotionally. Like he is your son or daughter or that's you. Right. So love the person, coach the person, then. Right. Yeah. Don't break the heart, break the habit. Wow. You know, childlike heart, but an adult mind. OK. And adults respect and empower and give solutions to kids. They don't uh, they don't infiltrate fear in them and shame and guilt. You know, a lot, a lot of us coaches need grace, man, and mercy yeah. sometimes. And yeah. patient, and like this, it's, kids between the age of thirteen and twenty-five are at the height of their stupidity. Wow. It's their nature to be ignorant. It's their nature to be disrespectful. It's their nature to be entitled. You wouldn't uh, go outside and yell at a dog barking at a cat. That's <laughs> it's nature. They're yeah. born like that. Yeah. They're born yeah. bent. They're born with iniquities. They're born with sin. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They, some of nature, some of his nurture. So don't freak out and get and get uh, lose control as a coach. Don't freak out. Figure it out. How can I connect? Yeah. What does he relate to? What what's his button? You know, sh- it, again, if you coach in truth, if you have passion, if you have a presence, if you work hard, if you educate them, they'll start to fall in love with you. Yeah. And don't don't be afraid to touch. Don't be oh, if I touch this, hug this girl, this sexual harassment. Hey man, God's got your back. All right. Hug the girl, watch your hands. But I don't coach out of fear of what the parent's going to do or what the administrator's going to do. You know, I coached him like it's my own daughter, my own son. Yeah. It's a great baseline. Break the habit, not the heart. Use humor, touches, charisma. Man, you'll have the most fun you've ever had coaching. I've been coaching since I was 18. I can't, I can't wait to go coach today, man. Yeah, it's a it's an unbelievable profession. It is, Coach, and it's very rewarding. And what you're talking about here again, they're biblical principles, man. I mean, we're extended mercy and forgiveness, so we need to f- extend it as well. And I think a lot of uh, I, I talk sometimes about people needing to forgive other people and how forgiveness is for you. It's it's not right. necessarily for the other person. So when a kid offends you or a player offends you, forgive them and move on, and don't hold it Correct. against them. Uh, because I think that's part of it too, Coach. Because we're talking about how kids make mistakes, how their sin nature comes into the to the to the scene, and we get offended. You know, like, hey, why'd that kid say that to me? Who who does he think he is? He doesn't even know who he is. His identity isn't isn't. He doesn't know what that is yet. And so, yeah, he, he's a little confused. So don't get offended. Hey, you know, don't take that bait, if you will, and uh, just continue to mentor and grow and love. Because uh, you're loved. <laughs> when you have that reality Amen. that you're loved, it's easy to love others. And until you figure that yeah. out, it's just going to be hard, uphill battle. Yeah. So, Coach, when I think about feedback or criticism and when it's coming from a player you're working with uh, or, or, or anybody on the outside that you would value their opinion, how important is that, uh, that feedback? And then how important is giving the feedback or criticism as well? So your question is, how do I? Re- how do you, how do you? What's my thoughts yes, on sir. on feedback from others that are criticizing me or, or trying to help me become a better player? Yes, person, sir. Coach? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How do I handle it? Yes, sir. How do you process that? Uh, well, like anybody, it it, it doesn't make you feel good. <laughs> yeah. That you're wrong, and then you know you're wrong. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Doesn't um, you know? You start to question. Man, I've been doing that for years, and that's that's wrong or man, I've been doing that for you. I'm, I'm used to using that coaching uh, technique and, and, and there's a, there's a, I got to do another way cause kids are different. Now this technique now doesn't work. It worked 20 years ago. Like when you, when you correct OGs or you got guys that are experienced, um, got some life in them, some Yodas. Yeah. And, and you try and you get, and they get feedback from other Yodas or uh, even younger leaders that uh, are, are smarter or more intelligent um it takes a special special leader to humble themselves but that's the first thing 
when you when you hear feedback, uh, criticism, whether you're older or young, uh, first word that pops in your head should be humility. Yeah. Like, come, come on, man, you're not perfect. Humility. So, I, you know, Kevin Eastman says, take it. You know, yeah. number one, take it. Uh, and then second, evaluate it. What? Don't worry about who who's saying it. Oh, this guy doesn't have experience. Who is he to tell me? He doesn't even play basketball. But how is he going to tell me how to deal with this kid? Like, just take it, evaluate it. Is he right? Is she correct? And then the third, okay, yes, that is right. Okay, how do I get better at it? Is there a yeah. book? Is there is you know? Can you write that down? Or uh, let me ask questions to the to the guy that criticized me. Hey, what'd you mean by that? put it in your memory bank and then rep it out. Yeah. No different. Yeah. You know, uh, Kevin Eastman, you listen with your eyes and you listen with your ears. Um, you, you, you speak, uh, less than, than, than you hear, you know, that's why God gave you two ears and two eyes and one mouth. So you can <laughs> yeah. see and listen yeah. twice as much as, uh, you speak. So, um, players have to do the same thing. Like a lot, a lot of pros, not a lot, but a few elite players will interrupt me when I'm even before my sentence. And so let them finish. And if they interrupt me, I grab their hand. No, 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 ho, ho, no, no, no. Look at me. I get their eyes. Do not let people interrupt you until you finish your point. Yeah. You know, that's debate one-on-one. Just let, let the person speak. Listen to what they're saying. Is it truthful? Yes. Then, all right, rep it out. Learn, make sure you learn from it. So that's a great question. Um, when I when I give feedback and and criticism, I make sure I have the players' eyes. If I don't, I throw the ball at them. Then I got their <laughs> eyes. You know what I mean, Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Back, got you. Back in my old, back in my my before kids days, and when I was, you know, uh, a Christian but a baby Christian, I throw I throw the ball right to guys' heads. Yeah. I say some some choice words, <laughs> and uh, yeah. I don't know if that's correct or not. Um, but I do get in their grill. I, I move my head to make sure I get their eyes. I hug them, and and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna hear me out. Yeah. And, and then, as I said, I use humor. I ask them questions. You agree? Yeah. Then and then we move on. But very very important. Doesn't have to be long. You can uh, you can teach in sound bites. You can correct in bullet points. Yeah. You shouldn't correct in in paragraphs <laughs> until it's before practice, after practice. You don't want to lose the player's attention. You don't want to lose the player's sweat, right? Nobody wants to hear somebody give a lecture. If they did, they'll go pay for it. They'll watch a podcast. But in practice, players want to go. Yeah. Players want to move. So get in and get out with your uh, teaching uh, feedback. It, I call it intervention. You know, and there's, there's a lot of ways to intervene. Repeat directions, right? Have them repeat what they did. Um, grab the guy. Show film. But everything has to be short and quick because – uh, the, you know, the buy-in won't be as, as good. Got you coach. Great points. All great points. I love the way you, you kind of reference Kevin Eastman. He, uh, we, I interviewed him a while back and, you know, read, read his book, why the best are the best. And these are all kind of, you know, nuggets of, of what's in there as well, because, you know, you're dealing with people here again. I, I think relationships are so important. And the only way you build relationships is by loving people and understanding people. You seek first to understand before you want to be understood. And uh, you kind of, you're, you're giving out some great stuff. Get in, get out. Don't stay there. Don't, don't harp on a situation that, you know, you're making more light of what was wrong than on what the solution was. Who wants to hear a complainer either? Like nobody likes that. Like they hear that probably enough from their friends who are always railing against something and think they're fun. Yeah. there's some social justice in, in their words and they're only 15, 14 years old and don't even know what they're talking about. So they hear enough complaining all day. They don't want to hear from their coach uh, unless there's a solution tied to it. So great stuff, coach. Um, Mike, let me, let me just give one more point to young coaches out there listening. Yes, you know, sir. mistakes are in education. So when a kid makes a mistake, man, he feels bad because even pros, they hate messing up in front of their peers. I mean, you, you want to see some ticked off pros right now, just follow the, the banter going on with our USA basketball team. Yeah, yeah. And how how, how dare anybody out there uh, give drama to those guys and and, and pour you know uh, salt in the wound? I mean, come on, man. But again, drama sells. Yeah. People that want a lot of hey, if you want a lot of followers, you want to make some some dirty money in, in in this world. Start drama. Start slandering. Start lying. 
start cheating, put it out on social media, right? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be a rich financial man, but you won't be a peaceful man, and you don't help this game. You don't help this world doing stuff like that. So my point is, guys don't want to make mistakes, man. And yeah. so one time this, this girl made, kept making a couple mistakes, and her body language started to really protrude uh, uh, uneasiness, uh, de- uh, depression, negativity, right? And so as coaches, when you correct kids, watch their body language. Keep yeah. their body language up. Get them to the next play. And so I started to sing to this girl. Let it go, let it go, be frozen. Yeah. Like, because I wanted her to let the play go, get to the next one. And yeah. man, everybody started dying. So yeah. when another girl on the team made a mistake, I said, hey, what do we do? And the whole team started saying, let it go, let it, because it was back <laughs> when frozen stuff. was hot. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, stuff like that, man, you got to find creative, humorous, uh, crazy ways to, to let kids know it's okay not to be okay. Yeah, it's okay. You know, nobody's perfect. Scars are good to talk about. They make you tougher. So get to the next play, next play, you know, Coach K. And and again, don't, you know, like you said, don't bring it up again. Nobody wants to, you know, an Olympic team don't want to hear people. They know they messed up. They know they need to get better. Why we got to Why we got to talk about it. But that's the nature of of the media. Right. That's what sells. Yeah. So you got to be tough enough to you know, take it and then use that as fuel to make your program better and take the lessons from that and make sure you do the best you can in your, in your leadership and your program. Definitely coach. I love, love all, love all those truths that you're dropping coach. Now, <laughs> uh, you know, especially that, that frozen thing, man, that, that was everybody, yeah. everybody knew about that. So it was easy to kind of relate to that. So yeah, man, that song played for for years. It's yeah. still playing. If yeah. you haven't seen Frozen out there, y'all are living under a rock. You are a rock. <laughs> you are petrified at that point. If you yeah. have so, Coach, uh, what can coaches? You know, you have a mentorship program, and, and it's on your website, and you have curriculum as well. And I think here again, uh, a prepared coach, uh, an informed coach, a structured coach is a is a is a real weapon when it comes to you know, kind of fighting uh, all the things that are out there in culture for kids and players today to take them off their discipline and their track. So how, you know, those programs, what can coaches expect from your mentorship program and your curriculum? Well, Mike, thanks for bringing that up. You know, uh, God bless the United States. God bless USA Basketball, uh, NCAA, FIBA. There's so many organizations out there with with weight that are trying to clean up the game. And, and, and so my small business, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, I went from 18 years to, you know, training players, mentoring them. I still do that. But now I'm trying to create another market and pioneer in the uh, private, you know, independent coaching mentorship uh, space. And so for the last two years, you know, our, we, we, we re, revamped our business model. We changed some things. Again, I, because somebody asked me today, again, you still train players? Of course. That's my, that's my foundation. But, you know, I'm starting a new, a new face in my business. I want to be there for any coach, a young coach, an old coach. But most of the guys I get are young, uh, JV, middle, high school, college, and, and pro player development coaches that either want to take their game to the next level or want to get better or want to figure out how to do it. Because what, what a mentor does, it, it's a man, right? It's a woman. That, that tours your life. Get it? Men tour. They tour your life. So I evaluate what they're doing right and wrong. I, I check the box of keep doing this. Then maybe you want to look at this. It comes with a book, videos, and then uh, live, you know, uh, like we're doing now, conversation. Uh, you can do it privately where you can come to my house in, in Florida and we do it, you know, two to seven days, depending on your time and budget. Uh, we have a free mentorship where we get on a Zoom call twice a, a month and we, we send out emails and uh, stuff like that for for people that want to be involved in the free mentorship. Uh, and then if you want to purchase our curriculum, it's a very exclusive, very comprehensive, uh, you know, curriculum on on basketball offensive skills. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, we have all the levels with video and, and how to coach for players too players can watch it and, and 
create their workouts, or, and, but it's made for coaches to show them this is how you teach. And I do all the teaching. I have, you know, eight-year-olds in there all the way up to pros. Yeah. And uh, we, we, we go from, you know, A to Z, one on none, all the way to three on O, three on three. So it's good for team concepts, individual concepts. It's phenomenal. The testimonies we got, the lives were changing. One of my mentor guys, uh, Cody Toppert, is with Memphis now. Another one, Corey Harris, just got a job in the CBA in China as a player development coach with Stephen Marbury. A guy named Tyler Ralph, who actually worked for me for four years, is yeah. doing a great job in Texas. Texas, yeah. A guy named Michael Lancaster, who worked for me for four years. Not really sure I agree with all his you know, basketball philosophy and business, but he is running a, a respectable training and and uh, wherever he's at. And uh, not just Daniel Viglione in Sacramento. I just have so many connections with people. So I know I know this stuff works. It's not the only way to coach, but it works. It's successful. It's, it's, it's spirit-filled. It's yeah. holistic. It's validated by some of the greatest minds in the world. And I'm just very blessed that I can now, for the next two decades, it's my 20th year doing this as a business, uh, that I can, you know, uh, show it to the world. Uh, China bought it exclusively. Um, we were trying to get into other countries, change, uh, different languages. Uh, it's really exciting because everybody talks about the problem, and I actually have created uh, a solution to yeah. skill development, how to improve players' skills and improve coaches' uh, toolbox and coaching game. That's great, Coach. I, I, I really appreciate you giving us a rundown of that because – Anytime somebody who is at the top of a of a certain profession and and uh, is regarded as the best skills trainer in the game, uh, you want to figure out how to learn from them. And if you can't meet with them in person, uh, you definitely try to just grasp from their content. And if they're providing content specifically for you, in a sense, uh, you just go out and get it, coaches. You if. If it's something that you've had like an unction that you need some more training and you need more knowledge, which we all do, uh, we need to be lifelong learners. Uh, just jump into it and immerse yourself in it. So, Coach, you talk about consistency being greatness, and, and I love that because, uh, you know, I learned from my mom and my dad. Went to work every day yeah. for years. My mom got perfect attendance at her job for 20-something years. She never missed a day. And, and having three kids and, and raising us and cooking dinner every night and doing all those things for us, right? So consistency is greatness. Do you feel like through your career and your life, you're mirroring that as well? Yeah, I got that term from uh, working out LeBron at the Nike Skills Academy one time, and I asked him, give me some nuggets that I can take back to, to the world coming from you to meet everything. It's like, you know, once kids uh, or people find a rhythm and, and know what they want to do and it works just do it again yeah do it again make it better be the best you can be consistency man is greatness that's that's big time yeah so uh i guess for me and again kevin eastman mentored me for years as a he was my college coach for two years at unc wilmington and then he and i worked over 13 for nike he, he said a great routine gets you great results uh being around ray allen got to see his life this summer i was around manu ginobili for three days wow. got to talk to him i lived with amari stoudemire for three summers got to all these great uh seeing lebron with nike i mean he did the same kobe did the same routine every single day like these guys have a routine that gets results and gets high level results and so you know whether you're a mom a dad a parent uh, an entrepreneur, a coach, a player, right? You have to be organized. Yeah. We talked about, Mike, you and I, Tom, before this podcast. You know, time and money are your biggest resources. Yeah. Right? And they have no personality. They don't have They don't have a heartbeat. Yeah. People say, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. It, it might, a, I, I'll take a drug dealer's, you know, $1,000 and go, by, you know, somebody a uh, Thanksgiving meal. I mean, you know, it's with time. You know, yeah. some people use time to build build things, and other other people steal time. You people steal my time. So you have to be consistent every day of how you're going to use that day. 
Every so for me, every day I'm waking up early. I'm getting in my my solitude. I'm getting in my prayer. I'm getting in my meditation. I'm getting in my reading because I know early during the day I got quiet. About seven fifteen, seven thirty, I got the minions waking up. Man, it's <laughs> it, it's a house party, baby. Yeah. MTV, yo, Chris, my my house is loud. Yeah. And yeah. so I know I gotta now when they go to school. Right now I got time to work out. Now I got time to self-developed. Now I got time to learn. I got time to work out. When they come home, put the phone away. Now it's 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 mama time. Now it's giving my wife some love. You know what I mean? Me and, yeah. me and MJ working out, so to speak. I got my kids. So that's my time at home. When I'm on the road, I got routines. I get to the gym early. I stretch. I get a sweat before I coach. I look at my notes, make sure I cover the concepts. Coaches coming in, parents coming in, whoever I'm more pro coming in. I get my social interaction with them. Hey, how you doing? What'd you do last night? How's your body? How's your mind? You ready to work out, right? I connect with them. I, I get them prepared. It's pregame stuff. Ray Allen took the early bus at two. He did a shower. He did a massage. He had his chicken dinner. Kobe gets to the gym, at, at, you know, at one. He wants, you know, so everybody's got their stick and routine uh, because if, if it works it, or if you believe it'll work, it'll start working. If it's correct, it's going to work. And then you got to fight the law of familiarity. Yeah. All right. You had a great week. Have a great month. Man, you had a great month. Have a great year. Man, you had a great year. Have a great decade. Gannon, you had an unbelievable decade. Do it another 10. Yeah. Now I'm at my 20th year. Gannon, you had an unbelievable career. Some people call you the best. I don't know if I'm the best. You can't measure the best in my space. What are we going to do? Go into an arena, ESPN picks. Hey, here's the best skill trainer. It's not about the best, <laughs> yeah. right? It's about giving your best. It's yeah. about giving value. To me, if I can just have work and make impacts, I'm cool. I don't have to worry about being the best. I do know what I'm talking about. I do. I can make you better. I can change your life. And I, in my, in, now when I was a player, yeah, we're the best. I'm the best. Sure. But as a coach, you can't even think about I'm the best. It's about doing your best. Yeah. It's about focusing on giving uh, everybody a best solution. And so, you know, um, a, a routine gets you that. And so now I got, I'm thinking, all right, I did it 20 years. Can I do it another 10? Can I do it another 20? Yeah. And so the law of familiarity sets in where now it's something you've done, it's something you were excited about early, you ain't excited about it no more because that thing has got rust. That thing, you know, you're you're taking it, you've done it again. This is it's the same. Like people people naturally get tired of saying they want to change it up. So you have to with consistency comes motivation, comes inspiration comes reinventing yourself like Nike being around Nike is great at that right they they find ways to motivate themselves being around Kobe find ways to motive you know as a coach find ways to challenge the Monday attitude because this kid has had a million Mondays before this kid has had a million coaches before Gannon be different be correct but be different be engaging right but beyond so you know you fight consistency with inspiration with great i mean uh you fight boredom with gratefulness yeah right consistency will work if if you're if you're grateful and thankful yeah. and and creative because the law of familiarity will kill a relationship will kill a family will Definitely. kill a passion yeah. Does that makes sense mike that nah, makes too much sense it'll kill a marriage shoot and it, 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 kill a marriage yeah. man <laughs> and that you know here again like, which leads to yeah. all kinds of other things. And, you know, coaches, you know, kind of listening that, that are married, you have relationships that you're in, you know, always remember that. Like, don't get too familiar either. Go back to the, what does the word say, man? You go back to the wife of your youth. You go back to the reason why you first started coaching. You go back to the reason why you first wanted to do what you're doing in your life and go back and grab that that joy and, and then put it back into your life so that you're not too familiar here again with what you're doing. So, I, re I really love all that, Coach. I, I just, here again, dropping dropping bombs, man, and, and I love what you're doing. So, Coach, uh, you know, for the sake of time here, uh, I want to kind of get your thoughts on what you value the most in your life because uh, your life, you know, people think, man, you, you see, when I watch your content, Coach, I'm like, this guy's intense. Like, he immerses himself in this. He 
He is, you know, maybe wakes up. He's already dribbling a ball in his sleep. You know, all these things. Uh, that's because that's a vibe you have, man. Intense and 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 just nonstop. And uh, it's it's great energy, coach. But you know, given that you have a family and all, uh, you know, household to to run as well. Uh, what do you value the most in life? Man, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, at 47, uh, I feel like I'm a lot smarter, a lot more uh, aware of the of the important things in life. And so uh, the one thing that I value, I mean, I, obviously the foundation is God. I, I value that God gave me life. He's my life source. He yeah. sent his son. Uh, you know, in my in my faith, in my life, I, I just believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Like, he sent yeah. his son to die for us so we can go to heaven, but he gave us keys of leadership, keys of living, yeah. so we could have heaven on earth and, and build his heaven uh, on earth. And so that's the foundation. It's like, man, I'm so thankful that I don't have to figure life out on my own. Yeah. Like, when when I'm doubting, Jesus has the answer. When I'm fearful, God has my faith. When I need some discernment, you know, I know where to go and then I can leave it there, whether he speaks to me quickly or never speaks. I've done my job. I have a playbook in the Bible that helps me fight against the competitors of evil in life. Yeah. Right? I have a yeah. coach that, that I can go to when I don't understand how to play. So faith is my my ultimate foundation. But it's time with my family, you know, uh, I, I, I really might start MJ and I might start. You know, not we're not perfect. I mean, if you guys knew our demons, you'd, you'd be disappointed. But like, I really, her and I really love our life, man. You know, we love uh, being a, a husband and a wife and a mom and a pop and, and our kids, man. My kids are everything to me, man. I got two boys that we made on our own, <laughs> yeah. and we have a a daughter that we adopted. That wow. you know, her mom was a prostitute. She was living in a hotel with eight brothers and sisters, and her sister dropped Kayana off and said, take her. And nobody wanted to take her in Columbus, Ohio, and God had blessed us with some finances and, and, a, and, a, and a house that has some room. And, man, KK hit the lottery, man. Like, we, 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 you know, we yeah. changed her life. Awesome. And so, like, that means something to me, man, the time with them uh, that I have. So I, so since since we've had kids, and since, you know, because I didn't always value my marriage. We've been married 12 years. And, you know, at first I was all still all about my business. But yeah. having kids made my marriage better. So, so many, what I'm saying is so many parents don't want to have kids because they think it'll mess up their relationship. No, it only enhances it, man. It yeah. breaks the law of familiarity and makes it more yeah. fun. Definitely. It's a legacy, dog. So, yeah. um, I have really tried to create a business around my family. Wow. Because every, my why, my compass is, how is this going to affect my family? Yeah. How much time is this going to take away from my family? Yeah. How is this going to enhance and empower? Like, that's, that's my underlying, um, and, that, and that, that's my underlying question. And, and so corporate America might not like that in, a, you know, in, in an interview. Uh, an NCAA college coach might not like that, you know, in an interview that you love your family so much. An MBA GM might what you you gonna you, family you, you want to spend time with your family oh, that's gonna be a problem we're not hiring yeah. this guy yeah. I don't I don't care I, I don't care that's why I haven't I've never I've been offered four or five NBA player development positions in my career I get an offer almost every year to be a college coach it's flattering but that's why I didn't go back to college coaching that's that's why everybody asked me why that's why I don't coach in the NBA or I don't coach in college because doing what I do now, yeah, I still work and I'm on the road. But here's the deal, Mike. I control yeah. my time. Yeah. I control my – there's no ceiling on my finances. If I want, That's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. If you work for the man, quote, unquote, or you work for the system, hey, man, nothing wrong with that. But, but there's a lot of pains with owning your own business and being an entrepreneur or being free, but there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of yeah. you know, uh, uh, peace. Because you control, you and God control your time, control your finances. You can, you know, Plato, right? You can create yeah. your own life with your family. And so um, I've, that's, that's what I value, man. Time yeah. with my And the last thing is my health. Man, my health is everything to me, man. Yeah. Uh, 
it's what I do. It's the stick that I have. It's what it's what has made me a successful coach is the physicalness. Because life is, I mean, what I do, you got to have stamina. Yeah. Any any coach out there, whether you're a, a, a life coach, you do physical work, you do mental work, you travel. Yeah, you got to be in shape. Yeah. And so I eat right. I I I drink right. I I do everything I can to keep my body, uh, as Ray Allen says, like a Lamborghini. Yeah. I ain't got no Honda. I don't want to have no Honda or no van, <laughs> right? You're gonna go into the world. You gotta have stamina. So you better yeah. have. You better be rolling in a Ferrari, a Lexus, you know, a yeah. Lamborghini, because life is hard. Rocky, man, it ain't all sunshine and rainbows. But you gotta <laughs> take hits. You gotta have mental stamina, yeah. emotional stamina, physical stamina. And so that's the challenge for me. I get up every day and I fight age. Yeah. Right. I fight age, man. That's my that's my mojo. So. You know, uh, faith, family, and health, that, uh, that's what I value, man. That's fantastic, Coach. I love, I love all that because I'm learning the health part of it. I went through something about a year ago, wasn't managing my, my, my health properly. And from that point on, what a difference a year makes, uh, you know, and I've, and I've just learned now. And I'm being an example to my family as well, not just talking about it, but actually doing it. So, yeah, I, I can, because I hold those same truths. I mean, faith, family, those are huge to me. Well, my health wasn't, and now it is, and so yeah, I, I completely, you know, understand what you're talking about. Now, Coach, I, I end every podcast this way with a question about legacy because it's so important. I feel like anytime you're spending time with people in any uh, setting, uh, you're leaving a legacy. You know, as you encounter people, as you work with people, as you just have a sphere of influence, you're leaving a legacy. So, Coach, what would you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done? Uh, that was the number one Cowboys fan in the world. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't go there, man. I'm a Texas boy, a Cowboys fan, man. It's pretty rough uh, being a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> um, you know, what, what my legacy, um, you know, wants to be is, 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 is two. I mean, you can't just say one. Is I, I, showed, I showed my kids and my wife. I prepared them. I took care of them enough so that when I die, they can make the world a better place. And I know that's cliche-ish, but I showed them how they can use their purpose and God's gift that they gave them to go out and make the world a better place, whether they're a teacher, a janitor, working at Hardee's or McDonald's, like whatever occupation they have. See, I, I, People look at jobs. Uh, is something to do to get income. It's not. It's a tool to make the world better. Yeah. Like I don't like. If you don't like your job, that's fine. You can. You have the ability to change it, right? Yeah. But yeah. that job is, is. There's a reason why you're at that job in this season of your life right now, is to change. And so, if you have that perspective, right? When you're going to. The, I'm in this office, this cubicle for eight hours a day. Like, what? There's a reason for that. So figure it out. Doesn't yeah. sound fun. But make the world a better place. Yeah. You know, and, and the way you do that is, is you touch people. You impact people. You love people. And that's what I hope I can teach and leave, and leave them by living my life. And number two, uh, I mean, the mentorship program. I, I want to, you know, touch as many people's lives as possible to where they change. Right? It's one thing where you enjoy a person's leadership. You enjoy a person's, uh, you, you enjoy playing with that. But Kevin Eastman changed my life. Yeah. John Lucas, another mentor, changed my life. Yeah. Jerry Wainwright, it changed my, Pete Strickland changed my life. Jesus changed my life. My dad changed my life. Austin Lehman changed the movie Rocky 2, changed my life. Yeah. Like they, they were like, like changed my life. Like I can remember. You know, winning the state championship changed my life. Yeah. Paul Blackman, Kevin Swan, they changed my life. They, they're listening. They know what happened. They, like, they changed my life. So that's what I want. I want to change people's life because they were in my presence. Yeah. And when I get to heaven, I'll, I'll see how many I actually did. But the emails, the testimonies, 
you know, all that. That's what fires me up. Not saying Gannon Baker's the best or he's the no. What changed my life when I get a text, when I get a WhatsApp, when I get a DM, when I get a I mean, I, I got a guy named Julian Wright, right? I, all American, played at Kansas, played in the league, worked him out with Nike. I ain't I ain't heard I haven't heard from him in twenty years. And he hit me up the other day, Coach, you changed my life. I wanna be a you know, basketball leader just like you. Can you mentor me? I'm like, holy wow. cow, I forget wow. Julian Ron, forget I got about this like Elton Brown that uh played at Virginia, first pro ever trained, played in the G League a little bit, hit me up spontaneously last year on Facebook coach. I never forget our workout. He described physically the first workout we ever had. I forgot. <sighs> He's like, Coach, you kicked yeah. me out the gym, you threw the ball at me. He's like, You changed my life. I I I now know the work ethic you were teaching me, I use in my business. I got a successful business. Here's a picture of my – like, that's my legacy, man. Using yeah. the basketball, right? I'll use Kevin Sutton's term. Using the basketball to create living trophies yeah. in the game of life. Right on. Boom. There you go. That's my legacy. I'm Gannon Baker. Good night. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the there mic. There it is, You dropped in the mic. Thank you the for phone. bringing that out of me. There it is. Nah, coach. There it is. No, I appreciate you, man. I really appreciate your time. Uh, man, it's been it's been real. I'll put it that way. It's been really real. Uh, I know we're, we're kindred spirits here, so a lot of the yeah. truth you're saying, man, I, it's in my spirit. It's in my soul now. I, I got it. Yeah. And so uh, yeah. here again, brother, I appreciate your time. And, and just, uh, you know, I, I implore coaches out there to dive into your, your content and, it, Thank you know, you. and to, to get out there and just uh, – you know, here again, apply these truths. You said the truth will set you free, and the application of the truth will really, you know, innovate your life in in in, in a real way. So uh, here again, Coach, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. And if you, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm, I'm Google me Gannon G A N O N Baker B A K R GannonBakerBasketball dot com. Mike, it's been an honor, man. Sorry that I uh, I went so no no, um, no. so long, but uh, <laughs> you know, I hope we have touched some lives out there. I, thank I you. No, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Creative Coaching Podcast. Know that you are appreciated. So please take the time to listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can also follow us on Twitter at Creative Coach 47 Here again, all of this I thank you for. Please leave a rating, subscribe, follow, leave feedback. Uh, this is your platform. So, you know, take ownership of it. And here again, you are appreciated. So thank you.